0: Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came
1: here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing
0: without doing the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio, episode 135 with Autumn Smith.
1: What I want people to know is Every single ingredient, if it looks really clean, if it's organic, that's still unfortunately not enough. Like, turn over that ingredient deck, look at it. Does it contain natural flavor? Does it contain citric acid? And if it has anything in question, I'd always call the company. I want people to know the company. They should happily, and they should be glad you asked because they put so much care into their product that they can't wait to tell people about it. And if they're not, it's probably not something you should be eating.
0: What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. Welcome back to Wellness Force Radio. I'm your host, Josh Trent. Today, we're talking about the truth between our food and mental health with my good friend, Autumn Smith. Now, if you haven't heard of Autumn, she's the co-host of the top-ranked iTunes podcast, Optimize Paleo and the co-founder of Paleo Valley, a nutrition company who just happens to make my favorite ever grass-fed beef stick in the world. Seriously, I know that's a bold claim, but total truth, I have not had a beef stick that made me this excited since I ate my first hamburger as a kid. But seriously, these beef sticks are the perfect clean protein snack for on the go, we're all busy, and most importantly, they're made with 100% grass-fed beef, not just grass-finished, which we talk about on the podcast today so much. One of the most important things when sourcing animal products. Because of this KFO meat, this controlled animal feeding operation meat, along with other blocking factors that come up in our nutrition, that plant seeds of poor health and disease in our gut, which eventually all roads lead to the brain. You know, I personally have gone through thresholds of anxiety and depression in my life, as well as many people in my family. And if you've ever experienced this personally or with someone that you love, sometimes crippling anxiety or health issues that just honestly kick you out of the driver's seat, leave you feeling despair. This is going to be an incredibly mind-expanding podcast for you because Autumn is sharing about the truth between the connections of nutrition and mental health and emotional health, the common misconceptions about food and our mental strength, and the connection between blood sugar and its tie to depression and anxiety, how we can tune back into these natural signals from tracking and analyzing nutrition that our body is telling us as well as uncovering the hidden ingredients In many of the products that are claiming out there to be healthy that are actually affecting our mental health and our physical well-being. Be sure to listen all the way through the entire podcast because not only are you going to get the truth about food and mental health today from Autumn, but also I just really love this woman. She has such a huge heart and a trusting soul. I know you're going to love her too, this dynamic and fun personality. As we go on this journey for truth, like we always do, Here on Wellness Force, right here, right now with Autumn Smith. And if you're looking for a healthy travel food in the car or on the flights throughout the day, hop over to paleovalley.com. Autumn was generous enough to give us 20% off, yep, 20% off these gut and brain healthy foods. All right, let's drop in for the truth about food and mental health with Autumn Smith. You know why I'm really looking forward to talking with you is because I've felt, even the first time I met you, I was like, this girl really cares, You have the energy that comes off you that you just really care about other people. And that's what I'm stoked to learn is about your story. You know, this truth that we're all seeking about food and mental health. You have an incredible origin story. I mean, tell us like about your origin story. Why did you create Paleo Valley? What do you do today for wellness? Who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? Give us the scoop on them.
1: Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, I am a co-founder of Paleo Valley. I uh, make food products today that just I would want to feed my family and that I think people out there are desperately needing. And it all started because really happy childhood. My parents are my best friends. And I grew up in a small place in Montana. And then I hit high school. And I kind of flew off the rails. I mean, not just kind of I mean, I really flew off the rails. I had some stomach issues and my parents, they're so devoted. They'd even drive me when we didn't find the answers we were looking for in the community that I lived in. They went outside of that. They drove me hours and hours away to find the care that they believed I deserved, but no one had any answers. They gave me the diagnosis of IBS. They said, there's really not a lot you can do you know, it's probably related to stress, take some gas X. And so Take I some did gas that. X. <laughs> take some gas X. Wow. Which I know it was, I did that for a while. It didn't work. And so my digestive issues kind of snowballed and I started to get really anxious and my mental health really started to suffer. And so we added in some, you know, psychotherapy and they took me to psychiatrists and I I went the antidepressant route and I the antidepressants made me feel like a zombie. They made me want to go to sleep. They dampened my emotional spectrum. I just didn't feel like myself. So I I just refused to take them. And so about that time, kind of hopelessness started to set in and I thought, you know what? No one can help me. So how
0: many years was this? I mean, how many years were you suffering from the IBS before you started to notice that it was actually changing the brain?
1: I think my IBS started when I was in middle school and it just got really bad in high, probably like two years. And I even like had some episodes where I would actually pass out in school because I had what they called an immature vagus nerve that runs from your brain to your gut. And so I would literally just at Taco John's (laughs) at an airplane, I would just lose motor control and pass out. And um, so, yeah, so it got pretty bad. And like I said, no one could help me despite my parents' best efforts. And so I kind of started to self-medicate and that meant drinking and that meant smoking and that meant drug use and to kind of just calm me down and make me feel um, what I thought was normal. And it got bad. I got suspended. I got kicked out of my parents' house before I left high school. Mm. And um, yeah, so basically I was just at the bottom, bottom of the barrel. And fortunately. I had some friends who got into a lot of trouble with the drug scene. And so I kind of like decided that's that's not for me. That's that's not the answer. I at least knew that. So I kind of went on with my life. I went to college, took that very seriously and studied dance psychology. Then I moved to Los Angeles to be a dancer and again, just kind of dealt with alcohol. I used alcohol and uh, until I met my husband Granted, we lived in Hollywood at the time. It's not like we were perfect. We were still definitely drinking. But when we moved in together, he started to notice, um, wow, your stomach, you look pregnant like every night. And you're... Wow,
0: did he actually say that out loud to you?
1: Yeah, because I did. I looked literally seven months pregnant. I mean, we were very well established at the time. We were going to get married. And so he could Mm -hmm. be honest. But I kind of like hid behind a smile in a lot of ways and so he didn't really understand kind of the depth of um, my suffering and so he was like this isn't this isn't okay like you can't live like this but i kind of just resigned myself to, to the fact that this was my life so he begged us to see one more doctor i thought i'll give it a shot we're in los angeles now better healthcare, maybe more answers we went to a doctor they told me the same thing there's nothing we can do this is ibs and so my husband just like became a research maniac he got on the computer he found a lot of people finding Positive results with dietary change. And I was skeptical, tried it. 30 days later, it was like, oh my gosh, I feel better than I ever had before. And not just physically, it was, wasn't just that my bloating was gone, it was that I was enthusiastic about life again. I didn't wake up and wonder, how am I going to get through this day? Where are the exits? Like, you know, when can I find a break and get away from people? It was like, I literally enjoyed people again and what I was doing. And I had enthusiasm. And I just want people, I want people like me to know that even if you don't bounce out of bed this morning, that you could and that you should and that that's what you deserve and that you don't have to wait for someone to fix you and you you probably shouldn't, that there are definitely things that you can do And we're going to talk all about them. So that's why we created my company.
0: Oh, I just I'm so inspired by your story. I had no idea that it was that intensive and that your husband supported you and helped you that much. You know, when I think about this intersection, Autumn, of physical and of emotional, this is why I'm so stoked to talk with you on the show, because the connection between our gut and our brain, we see more and more research coming out all the time. You know, we had Dr. Promoter on the show and he explored how 90 percent some people think it's more of our serotonin is produced in our gut. Yes. So if we're not feeling great in our physical and our emotional, there's some corollary between the two. I want to go back though, because this story that you told us in literally two minutes, it was like 13 years plus. <laughs> was yeah. there a moment you can take us to? I think a lot of times people will see someone like you, Autumn, and they'll be like, wow, she's this bubbly, energetic, like, you know, of service, on point, on mission person. She's probably never had any issues. She's probably never had any problems. uh To connect with people, it would be so amazing if you could share with us, you know, what was one moment where you literally felt like, wow, I don't know what to do right now, but I'm willing to figure out where I need to go. Do you have one of those moments where you felt like your back was against the wall, you know, the bottom of the barrel? When was that for you? How did you transcend?
1: I've had so many of those moments, I think, and I think it did come around the time because, you know, before you are in a super intimate relationship, it's different with your family. You don't have to answer all the questions, you know, you can kind of hide a little bit. Like, yeah. I lived alone, I had a hard job, and so I would come home and just, you know, want to kind of go to my room and not talk. And it wasn't until, like, I had someone there like, no, I care about you, like, we have to do this. Like, this is not okay. It, it was all in the context of my primary relationship with my little Chazzy. And he was just like, why wouldn't you? He totally prompted me. I want to say that I just like picked up my big girl panties and like move forward. And I think in my own way, I did like, you know, cause I was still, you know, graduating college, I was still making things happen, but it wasn't the huge shift until he just did not accept that for me, which taught me okay, I don't have to accept this for myself either. So I I had a teacher. (laughs) My Chaz was definitely my teacher. Mm -hmm. And so when I had my back against the wall, I could no longer deny the fact that I was just avoiding, you know, seeking the root cause of these issues. Um, He definitely take a good look in that mirror.
0: Oh my gosh. So I just, this is top of mind, interviewed Gretchen Rubin for the second time. We talked about personality types, you know, the fire, the engine behind why we do what we do. When I look at how you serve through Paleo Valley, do you feel like without your community, without the people that you're being of direct service to, that you'd be less of service to yourself?
1: Oh Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I want to say no, but yes yes of course like I think my mission mm-hmm. involves I am that person who for whatever reason I'm generally more concerned with the well-being of others than I am with the well-being of myself I'm trying to correct yeah. that imbalance but yes like this company is built because I want to share this with other people because I want hundred million people worldwide to understand these these connections and to stop accepting mediocrity so yes this is definitely more about them than I think it is for me and I think that's what makes our company different
0: 100 million people worldwide <laughs> okay so where did this number come from what's that mean to you 100 million
1: this is my husband again uh, challenging us. like okay we're not going to just say 10 million you know that's achievable we want to keep ourselves you know expecting good and expecting big things of ourselves and keep driving because i think fortunately in the business that we're in with the internet we can affect so many people. And when we think bigger, I think we take steps to make those things happen. So it just kind of like keeps us honest, keeps us looking out and keeps us always committed to the highest good.
0: Mm. And I think when I look at the family structure, I know so many of your customers are busy moms, busy dads. You're a mom as well. Uh, Your boy Maverick. It's funny. You guys were married here in Sunset Cliffs in San Diego.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: It's such a beautiful place to be married. When I look at what you're selling, and what you're doing and how you're being of service, this is just more than food. It's not just about these beautiful beef sticks and all the powders and things you have. <laughs> this is a deeper mission. If somebody was asking you for the very first time, Autumn, they had never met you. And they said, well, what's your mission all about? I mean, what would you say that is to serve those 100 million people?
1: Oh, my mission is about... Waking people up to the fact that every single time you put something in your mouth, it is an opportunity to love and to care for yourself and that we have to start diving in to ourselves, to everything we're taking in, not only, you know, through our bodies, but visually. It's just like I'm on a mission to empower other people, but also to understand that it's not easy to make these changes and so I create our products like thinking about what do I want my developing son to consume what do I want to consume that will make me feel my very best this is all about making products that I would feed to my family so that I can also like do my small part in like helping the earth evolve
0: Well, it sounds like a pretty big part. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely doesn't sound small, right? And I think, you know, my goal with Wellness Force, and, you know, we're well over halfway there, is to reach a million people so that they can feel this better intelligence around emotional and their physical health. And so when we look at the commonalities of misconceptions, you know, there's so much ambiguity out there around our gut health, our mental health, just honestly, so much bullshit about how people that show up with anxiety are castracized. They're Mm. just completely judged. How do we get into the root of mental health issues. You dealt with this. For you, it was nutrition. For you, it was your gut health, your IBS. When you cleared that, your emotional body transcended. So take us back there and then tell us what do you see right now about anxiety that gets to change in our world?
1: Oh man. Okay. So this is something that I'm obviously so passionate about telling others because what we think in this community or in this country today, at least is that when you have depression or anxiety, you have a chemical imbalance that needs to be cured with a pill. And that's not because that's what research has shown. That's because we have directed consumer advertising and that's the pharmaceutical companies are kind of coming in. and They're kind of teaching us that despite yeah. the fact that these pills like antidepressants and SSRIs, they, we don't actually really understand what they're doing to a large extent. A lot of times, they're no more effective Than placebo, and they come with some really, really horrendous side effects, you know, small things like dry mouth, and I mean, sexual dysfunction isn't a small thing, but (laughs) compared to, then they have like these... ticks sometimes for some people where their tongue dart out of their mouth or or maybe it's their connection with violent behavior, especially mm. in children and adolescents, which is just so heartbreaking. There's hundreds of accounts of people committing homicide and suicide and just like these mass shootings for people who are taking SRIs. And it's like it's easy to say, well, that's because they have this imbalance, but there's a lot of research to suggest otherwise. And so I think we need to realize, and what I hope people know is that SSRIs, they're not the answer and they don't address the root cause. And yes, we might have these imbalances. Doesn't mean anything's wrong with us. Sometimes it just means, wow, we have a nutrient deficiency like B12. Sometimes that's what you, all you need for depression and sometimes dementia. And maybe you have a food intolerance. A lot of this research is showing that these mental health issues are rooted in Our immune system. And so it could be a food trigger that we're dealing with. Blood sugar swings. Oh my goodness, I can't even tell you about this profound link between when you get on the blood sugar roller coaster, even with, you know, not only just in anxiety, but in things like manic depression. And um, so it could be toxic exposure, but there's this is your body's message. I want people to not think there's something wrong with me, I need to change this. This is like, this is a message for my body. This is a symptom of something deeper that I need to kind of like get my experimenter hat on and just start tinkering, get really, really curious because there is an answer. And I found it, like you said, with diet. And a lot of people are doing the same, like with Dr. Kelly Brogan, there's Norga Goudas. A lot of people are seeing yeah. really, really remarkable results by just addressing the diet and biofeedback and all these various techniques. But most of all, I don't want to come across as saying, you know, SSRIs or antidepressants or anti-anxieties. They are never the answer. For my sister-in-law, for instance, I mean, she literally believes they've changed her life. And I'm open to that possibility. I'm grateful that that is a possibility. But I want people to try the other things first if they can. Because yeah. sometimes you don't need to go there and sometimes you don't need to feel like a zombie like I did or fall asleep in class. Oh, my
0: gosh. I am triggered right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm being super open right now. I'm, I'm flashing back to when I was a kid. You know, my mom had manic bipolar when I was a kid. I, mm-hmm. I never felt like home was a super safe place. And I wonder mm-hmm. if she would have had the nutritional knowledge back then, mm-hmm. like would things have been different? You know, Would it have been a different situation where she was able to deal with stress in a different way? Would I have gotten the better tools that I need? Now, looking back, it's silly for me to try to connect the dots about what story would have been different. Here we are in this moment now, and I think a lot of people that deal with stress don't understand this food connection. And we had a Wellness Force Friday show, Autumn, which I will link in our show notes, and it was from my friend, Syanna Wand. She had horrific anxiety, and she healed herself through food. So the mission you're leading here through healing our mental disorders and getting over this hump of mental health, what would you say are the common misconceptions? What do people not understand about food and mental health that's out there that you'd like to change?
1: Oh, first, I want to just say I completely resonate. My aunt had my dear aunt. She also had manic depression. And I heard from a doctor today that she had a patient who had severe manic depression. All they did was stabilize their blood sugar and it was gone. So not that, you know, you should have done something or I should have done something, but just for people to know that yeah. that is a possibility. And so those are the kinds of things that I really, the misconceptions that I want to kind of break down are that the answers are beyond us. You know, they're a pill, there's something, there's something wrong with us. That's what I felt so often in high school. I was like, I'm just inferior. I'm just not as good as everyone else, and I'm going to have to struggle as a result. So all of those things, I just want to shatter those beliefs. If anyone's out there feeling that way, I just hope that that changes today. And the connections that I make most frequently, like I said, the blood sugar. Oh, my goodness. I want people to know sometimes preventing anxiety, preventing depression is just as simple as stabilizing your blood sugar. And what Mm. that means, yeah, it's just... Cutting out processed foods because they take your blood sugar on a roller coaster ride, and refined sugar does the same thing. Fruit juice, dried fruit, um, even grains, because it's sugar when it breaks down in your body. But your body treats that the same way. And so, what I like to have them do is like a little morning test: is wake up in the morning and have some protein and a high fat centric. Breakfast, you know, maybe an omelet, maybe some bacon. And then the next morning, wake up and have something, you know, like some gluten free oats topped with some fruit, and then see how you feel throughout the rest of the day. What's probably going to happen, and what happens with almost everyone I work with, is that their blood sugar goes up in the morning and then it comes back down. And then you're prompted mm. to raise that blood sugar again and then it comes back down. Sometimes, if the rise is dramatic enough, it comes back down and you can start to feel anxious as a result of that. Sometimes, when I don't eat, when I'm not on point, which, you know, I'm human and it happens for sure, when I crash, the crash, I start to feel depressed and I start to have yeah. thoughts like, whoa, what you're doing doesn't matter. And it's funny if I didn't know that piece, if I couldn't make the connections, you know, I would snowball, but I can tell myself, all right, all right, there's some things you can tweak here. It's really empowering. I also want people to know food sensitivities are huge. Like I said before, Dr. Kelly Brogan, she's kind of taught everyone about this link between the immune system and foods that are inflammatory. And you can actually, people know, we can create depression when we also create an inflammation. And we can remove depression in animals at least when we remove that inflammation. And so if you have foods in your diet like gluten, that's a big one. Dairy for a lot of people. Some people like eggs, sugar. Those could just be activating your immune system, 80% of which resides in your gut. And then it goes right to your brain through something called the vagus nerve. I had an immature vagus nerve. And then it can create inflammation there as well. Um, so, And then also nutrient deficiencies. Like I kind of touched on before, the B12, that's a big one for the brain, super important. So those high-quality animal products. Also like omega-3 fatty acids, magnesium, zinc, iron. You could just be simply needing more nutrients. And so those are some of the main things I like to have people look at Yes. before just to move into that place of empowerment. There's also like emotional things you can look at too, but I don't know if you want me to go into that yet, so.
0: Yeah, I feel like the understanding this gut, brain, mood, connection, you mentioned nutrient deficiencies, food sensitivities, stabilizing the blood sugar, whether you're a self-quantification dork like me or not, I think that having some kind of continuous glucose monitor or even like a finger prick, have you seen this? Have you done this yourself or with any clients? Let's talk about this, Because sometimes people can be so disassociated from their internal voice, from how they actually feel in their body, that they need some kind of external tool to guide them in the right way, not to use it forever, but just to push them in the right direction. What do you feel about that?
1: Josh, I can say I have never, I mean, I always liked you from the minute I met you, but wow, we're just totally on the same page because I'm super nerdy the same way. And I found my, (laughs) my glucose monitor. I do it all the time, and I couldn't yes. understand why don't people want to do this. And
0: can we just figure it out,
1: right? <laughs> I know for some people it's not the answer, but for people like you and I, like we were talking about before the start, that we're achievers, and I often get in my head, and it is like the goal of my work with my clients is to become embodied and to start listening. And but that you can't just say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that now. Some people, like you said, need a little hand holding, and so mm-hmm. for me that is like a, okay, wow, I can, it's concrete. I can look at the numbers. And then what happens after you look at the numbers and the patterns, you see, how does that correlate to how I'm feeling? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. When my blood sugar is really sky high, I do feel anxious. And when it gets really, you know, I do feel depressed. I think just making those connections, I want to talk about one other thing I found this weekend that I really love, and it's called moody. Have you heard of moody?
0: Rock my world right now. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds fun. It
1: was so awesome. So (laughs) I listened to this talk by a neuroscientist, and it's this app, and you just downloaded it for free. And all you do is talk into it for 20 seconds, and it'll use the frequency of your voice to tell you which emotions you're experiencing. So... Sometimes like, you know, you don't know exactly like what's what's the genesis? Why do I feel this way? And I did it this weekend, experimented a lot because that's what I like to do. And sometimes it'd come up with fake enthusiasm or, you know, rage or genuine like hope. And, you know, it it was just it's really cool. And I think it's it's another tool for people who are looking to. okay, I want to just really get to know myself.
0: Wow, I am blown away. I have never heard of that app. I'm literally going to download it as soon as we jump off this podcast. That sounds fantastic. What do you think that could do for people's emotional health? Do you think that could be a mirror of mindfulness?
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I think it can be. And I think it starts with that curiosity, that willingness to go, okay, hmm, how am I feeling? Oh, okay, I don't really, I can't really put a finger on it. Let's check it out and then let's see. Okay. This is how I'm feeling. Okay, then go back. What have I been doing? Who have I been surrounding myself with? Mm. Have I been pra- have I been doing my deep breathing? Have I been taking care of myself and my diet? Is there a correlation between the times when oops, you know, I just kind of let everything go and haven't been care of myself and these um, more negative emotions? I think that's what it does for people. I'm excited about it.
0: I'm so with you right now. And I do want to talk about blood sugar in just a minute, because I know that's something that can really move the needle for people to just feel well in their bodies. But I want to go back to this confusion point because there is so much information out there. It seems like every week somebody's focusing on something different. Like right now, there's a huge keto focus, right? Yeah. And last year, I remember at this time, there was no talk about keto like there is now. And I think when we look at autumn in this wellness, health and fitness world, there's constantly like sweeping trends that people get caught up in. But really, what are we looking for? We're looking for the science we can trust. There's these natural flavors and renamed ingredients and just honestly bullshit that's on the boxes and things that people buy. Can you explain some of the things you've seen as deceptive marketing tactics that confuse people, that get people out of their body and completely confused in their minds?
1: Oh, man. Yes, of course I can because I'm a food manufacturer and that's like one of the things I'm passionate about. First of all, I think I'll tell the story that led to our flagship product and that's we came out and we were like, okay, what can we really create that would help people thrive? And of course, the lens I'm always looking through is the mental health lens because that's what I'm passionate about. And so we're like, okay, it's going to be a grass fed beef stick because Dr. Felice Jacka has done some research in Australia and red meat high-quality red meat is the most anxiolytic and depression-protective food of all foods studied. So I was like, okay, we're going to start there. And Wow,
0: that's fascinating.
1: Isn't that cool? I know. So I I really like to tell people about that because I think there's this myth again that, okay, well, you know, not eating animal products is the way to go. And red meat is, you know, demonized everywhere we turn. But it turns out that the right kind of red meat, again, this research was done in New Zealand where the animals are grass-fed and grass-finished, And they're not pumped through, you know, so, but that... No CAFOs in New Zealand. (laughs) No CAFOs in New Zealand. And Mm -hmm. it's not like, okay, then you need to just pound hamburgers. It's it's a U-shaped curve. And so around three to four servings a week. And they don't know why. They just know that that's the way it is. So we started there. And I was like, okay, we're going to make the best beef stick on the market. And so we made the first iteration. And we found out, okay, the citric acid that, you know, I came to this with a lot of good attentions, I didn't necessarily know everything in that point. And it's not just citric acid. You think lemons, limes. Um, it's actually something derived from GMO corn most times. And then it's coated in hydrogenated oil, which we all know, highly inflammatory, linked to diseases like heart disease and Alzheimer's. And so then they, this just melts into the product and preserves it. But because it's just labeled as citric acid, something people think is you know innocuous, a lot of times, um, I just think that's really dangerous. So that's one thing. Just always ask questions. A lot of times, citric acid is derived from GMO corn, and that, that's no bueno. Wow. I know. It's, it's crazy. And the clever little loopholes that if your food manufacturers don't have like a powerful story, they're not super committed, it's easy to say, oh, you know what? that is probably going to increase my profit margin. So yeah, let's do that. And because it'll still be a clean label, people won't really notice. So let's just do that. And I can see it's, you know, it's lucrative. And so if yeah. you're not out there for the bigger mission, then um, it's easy to fall into. But we also have things like <laughs> the big one, natural flavorings, which anything but, I mean, they can be derived from animals and plants, but there's over 2000 different combinations. And what they don't know is like MSG can be in there and you can add synthetic ingredients like preservatives, but you won't have to label them because it's all under that you know, that heading. And MSG, I mean, that's associated with a lot of issues, depressive issues, anxiety in some people, neurological issues, especially when it's consumed during pregnancy. It supposedly affects the developing fetus far more profoundly than it does the mom and those. And the effects are cumulative. So Mm. I just think what I want people to know is every single ingredient, if it looks really clean, if it's organic, that's still unfortunately... Not enough, like turn over that ingredient deck, look at it. Does it contain natural flavor? Does it contain citric acid? And if it has anything in question, I'd always call the company. I want people to know the company. They should happily, and they should be glad you asked because they put so much care into their product that they can't wait to tell people about it. And if they're not, it's probably not something you should be eating.
0: You know, it blows my mind. I'm listening to you talk. I have like five questions, but I'm only going to ask you one. There's a list that's called Generally Regarded as Safe Gross List, and it's put out by the USDA, FDA. There's 2,000 things that are generally regarded as safe, but we are the guinea pigs on them. I mean, what's out there in the food, this Generally Regarded as Safe List, the Gross List, there's no long-term study on that. It's only been 75, 100 years. Our biology is super old software, 10,000 years plus. Do you believe that people should should honestly eat only ingredients that are plain English, like no 13 syllable, you know, monohydroxiboxide type things.
1: <laughs> I absolutely believe that I think we need to make the movement towards whole foods. And if you can't recognize something on ingredient label, I just wrote an email about this and thousands of these chemicals never tested for safety, and even some that are in question, like carrageenan, I know that can still be put in products, even though it's linked to stomach ulcers. Some of these ingredients don't need to be labeled. Oftentimes, the safety testing, and I'm saying that with air quotes, is conducted by the very companies who use them. Yeah. Um, so yes, I do. I really believe if you can't recognize it, now there's some things that might sound kind of crazy, like ascorbic acid, and that's not necessarily always a reason to get crazy because mm-hmm. sometimes it can be derived from, you know, corn or organic corn or whatever. But um, it is, like I said, the Google machine. So powerful today. If you just put that little ingredient next to the word dangers, you will be amazed at what you find. And then just do <laughs> your, right, do your yeah. research and then call those companies and just not only do the research and ign- But remember that every time you're buying something, you're voting for something. And so we are the only ones with the power to, like, transform the system. And so make sure that you're supporting those companies that are doing things right. But primarily, even though I'm a food manufacturer, I love people just to kind of eat whole food. Like, that's the goal. I don't even want people to, oh, I got to just buy her products. She's the only one doing it right. No, I want you to just... Eat whole foods, use our products so that sometimes when you're busy, you can make the healthiest choice also the easiest.
0: And let's make it simple for people, too, right? So if you eat food and it doesn't have a label, most likely it's probably better for you than anything else. Now, if you do eat food with a label, just make sure that you understand all the ingredients that are on the label. I mean, do we really have to make it more complicated than that?
1: No, we don't, and we shouldn't. And I just, there is one other ingredient that I think really resonates with people, and it's called castoreum. Have you heard of this? No. Oh, yeah. It's another one of those allowed to be under the natural flavorings, and it's actually made from beaver anal glands. And you.
0: Oh, that sounds so good. I
1: know, right? It's delicious. (laughs) Apparently, they taste like raspberry. So because they're using raspberry and vanilla Uh and strawberry flavored ice cream. So, I mean, just, yeah, what he said, just make sure if you don't understand those ingredients, don't be eating it.
0: Oh, okay. well, let's dive into blood sugar. But before we do, there is a science. There are people that are paid literally six and seven figures a year and they go to school for decades plus to addict people to junk food. We'll link an article in the show notes from New York Times, The Extraordinary Science. Of addictive junk food. What has been your research here? Because your schooling, everything you learned as a certified eating psychology coach in Hawthorne University, of a master's in holistic nutrition. Did they ever touch on this kind of thing in school, or was the curriculum possibly funded by Kellogg's where you went to school?
1: Oh, that's a lovely question. And the thing is, the reason I chose that online school, A, because I was exhausted and I had just spent seven months away from my husband, but B, because this was a progressive university, this was its own entity. And I knew they weren't going to be spoon-fed or, you know, incentivized to teach a certain curriculum. And so definitely. Hawthorne did touch on these things. And not I definitely delved deeper into it. I think it was like a mention in a class, and I think it's kind of well known. But when you shared that article with me yesterday, and according to the other research, when people understand the lengths that people are going to, like yeah. I think Howard. Moskowitz, the guy who originally created the Bliss Point, it's not like he, okay. He was working on Dr. Pepper. I'm going to choose three different flavors of Dr. Pepper, and I'm just going to see what what people like. It was like, no, this guy's a Harvard-trained experimental psychologist, and he came up with like 59 different variants of sweetness that he tested with 3,000 different participants around the world, put it all into this fancy little analysis software, and it came out with this awesome bell-shaped curve. And then right at the top, they knew, okay, this is the point. This is the point. I think they call it sensation-specific satiety, where it's not... Not going to be so overpowering that it will make you want to eat because really, really exciting flavors often make us want to stop. It's going to be kind of like white bread where you can, is exciting <laughs> enough to make you want to eat it, but it's not going to tell your body to stop eating. They find that perfect level of sweetness and then they just apply it in their products and millions of dollars later, people aren't feeling their best because they're not getting those normal signals to stop eating. The big problem I think is that, you know, people can buy what they want. If they're going to buy sweet foods, maybe they want to eat them. That's totally fine. But what they've also done is add those manufactured levels of sweetness into foods that were never sweet before. And so this has created a culture and like in our children where we expect everything to taste sweet. And we reject things when they don't. And so it's just Mm. had major implications in the way that we not only eat those foods, but in the way we eat all foods. And the interesting thing, the part that I, the redeeming thing, I think about that whole article is that a lot of these people who were paid these big bucks feel bad about it. At the end of the day, you know, feel bad. And I'm not saying it's all the food manufacturers' fault that we do have free will, of course. But when these foods are designed specifically to kind of light up that reward system in our brain and they know exactly how to do it, well, it's kind of, we're fighting an uphill battle.
0: Listen, I mean, I'm probably going to push some people off the show right now, but I don't really care. I have so much resentment towards Pepsi and Coca Cola and these companies. I mean, this is. Probably one of the most, excuse my French, fucked up things that happens in our world. I mean, are we going to deal with this or not? And I think what you're proving through Paleo Valley is you're offering some positive solutions. You're part of the change that we really need in this world right now. But we also get to, in that same moment, celebrate the solution. But we also get to be angry enough to change the problem.
1: Oh, I hundred percent agree. If you, I mean, I think you can hear my voice. I'm just so passionate. I'm like charged about this mission, especially because I became a mother. And not that you have to be a mother, but when you see that little person that you just want to protect, and then you see yeah. the effects um, that these foods can have on you know how they're feeling, the trajectory of their whole life. Because essentially, how you feel today is kind of What you're going to accomplish in in a way, like if you're just managing like I was for most of my life, you don't get to do all those like juicy, juicy things in life like service and work that really matters. And you can, but not necessarily with the same enthusiasm. And so I just think they're huge. They're like stealing lives in a way when we get these little kids hooked on foods that will not serve them and will not make them their highest self. Yeah, I'm really sad about it, too.
0: And it happens really early as well. And so how do we do this? We gain the knowledge. We gain the intelligence about how to properly manage our mind and our blood sugar. And so, yes, you felt my frustration. You felt my anger because I had to let go of 80 pounds in my life because when I was a kid, I got hooked on this shit. I got hooked on these foods from welfare. And so as adults, if we take that deep breath, and you know I'm in the process of letting go of my resentment <laughs> <laughs> for these companies. What are the things that we can actually do on a pragmatic level to balance our blood sugar? This is something that you deal with quite a bit in your writing and in your research. How do we do this as far as blood sugar management?
1: Okay, awesome. I first want to say too that one way as a mom I found, I, I think I interviewed Dr. Julie Matthews and she talked about... Obviously, breastfeeding has a number of advantages, but this breast milk you can use as a bridge. And so if you want your children to drink something, you know how like a cow's milk changes based on what they're fed? Same thing for the breast milk. So if you are eating the foods that you hope to cultivate a taste for your baby in, then it exponentially increases the likelihood that they will too. And so that's an awesome tip that I learned. But as far as like balancing your blood sugar, there are… Three macronutrients really. There's the protein, there's the carbohydrates, and there's the fat. And so fat has zero effect on your blood sugar and thus insulin. And so if you want to feel stable, we are going to make fat and protein. Protein will have a modest effect. You can overeat protein. There are differing levels of the way that protein affects certain people's blood sugar. And that's why I always recommend. The glucometer, because even though we have, like, oh, yeah, we have the glycemic load, and we have these foods that research has shown do certain things in bodies, that's different when they put it in your body. And research has also shown that people react dramatically differently to different foods. So, Mm. but pretty much across the board, you know, fat and protein are going to keep your blood sugar nice and stable. And the carbohydrates, those things like the grains, even excess fruit, and I know. If you're just starting, don't be overwhelmed. And like, you don't necessarily have to take all the fruit out of your diet, especially if you eat it in whole food form. Just skip the dry fruit, just skip the fruit juice, any sort of like fruity, sweet beverage. That's something I do think is probably a priority.
0: Talk about the relationship with fiber then, Autumn, because we know that you know this liquid fructose, this liquid orange juice, I mean, it essentially just goes right to fat storage. Now, when we add fiber in, like eating a real orange, what happens then?
1: Exactly. It slows everything down. And so it's the way Mother Nature made it. That's why she packaged these fruits and these sweet flavors with fiber. She's so smart. She is so smart, right? We (laughs) all need to give her the recognition she deserves. Thank you, Mother Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much. And when we just stick to those whole foods, it's like, this can all be summed up really easily stick with whole foods as they're found in nature. And people get creative. And like I said, with the fruit juice and with the dried fruit, but yeah. So it's really that simple. There are other things that affect your blood sugar, of course, uh, like stress. So there's like a fine line here. We want to definitely take control where we can and optimize our diet. And when I have snacks, always make them protein centric snacks, always make sure there's like 20 to 30 grams of protein at every meal. Again, that's going to vary with your body weight. And if I'm going to like, I need something in between uh, meals, I always do like a, one of our grass fed beef sticks. Maybe I even just have herbal tea with a little coconut oil in there. Just focusing Mm. on those snacks throughout the day that are going to stabilize the blood sugar, I think is the key, but we also have to address the stress. And so if This dietary overhaul is making you anxious just talking about it. (laughs) That's not going to do your blood sugar any favors either because when we get that hormonal cascade and we go into the stress response, guess what? Our blood sugar is released. And again, it climbs and that can be a source of issues too. So what I like to say is if cutting out gluten, if cutting out dairy, especially low-fat dairy, if cutting out sugar is like super overwhelming to you, I like to do what our mutual friend Dave Zappozotti taught me. And that's just have people add things. Start by adding five to 10 servings of non-starchy vegetables. And those are the things like mushrooms, endive, broccoli, cauliflower, anything that you can eat raw, that's generally a non-starchy vegetable. Just the potatoes, sometimes for some people, not a good idea, sweet potatoes, plantains, all these things. So just add five to 10, make it a game. You can also start somewhere simple like just adding eight glasses of filtered water every day and something as simple as that. And then over time, you're crowding out. You'll realize your body will tell you that it feels better when it eats the healthy foods. And it's going to take longer. That process is definitely not overnight, but generally you still get to where, you know, to the Holy Land. <laughs>
0: People are afraid of the flinch. In other words, they're afraid of this comfort that might happen when they do a dietary change and this adding in mentality where you said it's more sustainable, it's longer, but it'll stick for life. That has a pretty much longer flinch because that could be months instead of, you know, proposed days from a lot of the sensationalized diet programs out there. If someone is in a state of stress, how do they make that connection between just accepting and surrendering to the flinch and just knowing that it'll be discomfort and actually applying the knowledge that they're learning? How do they cross the bridge?
1: How do they cross the bridge? I think that's just taking a deep breath, slowing down. That's, and just remembering is what I'm wanting now in alignment with what I want most. And so You're thinking, yeah, right now, this is really, this could be really, really hard. And it will be. I'm not saying this kind of change is easy, it's not, Mm -hmm. but it is self perpetuating. And you gotta know that with time, these behaviors that require so much attention and so much diligence will become automatic. It's not about changing everything overnight. A lot of the times it's about making these simple shifts one after another, just get one under your belt, you'll feel better and you'll move to the next. So it's kind of just staying in the moment, but also keeping that broader perspective and just making these changes and these decisions that you'll be proud of in the future.
0: A lot of people don't know this about you, but uh, you were on a tour with Jennifer Lopez at one point in your life. (laughs) I'm curious if when you were there you were practicing mindfulness in that fast paced environment. So many people that are listening have, you know, families, they're busy, they're traveling, they're, they're all over the world, right? Like you were yeah. looking back, were you practicing the health habits you practice now back then?
1: Oh man, I was, it was right after I kind of found this connection that I decided, okay, I got invited on a seven, seven month tour, even though I just met my husband or not met him, but married him, I'm going to do this. This is just not the kind of opportunity you say no to. And so I did my best to keep up with, the foods that I thought made me feel best. A lot of times that just meant like going down into the lobby of these awesome hotels and getting an apple or like, you know, a lot of times I couldn't necessarily eat. And actually the beef stick we created came out of that experience because I realized I was in some of the most wonderful places in the world with great quality food, but I didn't have the time to go out and look for them. And so, you didn't have a
0: cooler with you, right? I didn't have (laughs) a cooler
1: with me. Yeah. We were in a different country every day. There's one day we were in two different countries. I mean, unless you're prepared, like, this ain't happening. And so I did my best. I ended up fasting a lot of the time. And luckily, I was actually, I decided right before that tour that, okay. I love what I'm doing. I love Tracy Anderson. Her method is amazing. But this isn't my message because that transformation I had right before the tour, I knew that was what I had to share with people. And so I took Mark David's program while I was on that tour. And so I was practicing mindfulness probably because I was constantly getting that input from his program. And yeah, yeah, it really changed me. It really grounded me. It really centered me. And, um, Help me through those times when I was like, I don't know what to eat. I remember one time, I think I was in Caracas, Venezuela, and I just went downstairs and I got, okay, well, I'm just going to make the healthy choice. And so I yeah. got a sushi roll and it was a hundred dollars. So, I mean, I was just up against a lot and this isn't always easy, but I think the way that I felt was enough for me to know. I still gotta, I still gotta do this.
0: That was so powerful. The way that you felt was enough to keep you going. Yeah. It's like sometimes I believe that momentum, it's almost like a boulder on a mountain, right? It's hard. But then when you get to the top, once you're in the flow of healthy eating and healthy exercise, how many people listening can relate to this? (laughs) You know, you're in the flow of it. And of course you're in momentum. So it's easier to complete it. When we look at a 30 day clean though, adding in these whole foods like the beef sticks, which by the way, they're amazing. I tried four different flavors. (laughs) My favorite one was the jalapeno. We're going to link that in the show notes today. So make sure you click on your iPhone artwork right now. Autumn, I want to ask you about the 30 day clean. This reboot, how important is this? Does everybody need a 30 day period like you did? Or can it be shorter?
1: I love the 30 day clean because I think it's like me. I like fast results. And I'm one of those people who you tell me to do something and I understand why. And it's like, OK, this is easy. I'm someone who can just do that. But that's not everyone. And that's not even to say those people are more successful than the other people. But um, so I love that because it is it's going to reacclimate those taste buds and you're going to see dramatic changes. I actually have a 28 day program. I put people through this process all the time and people, their jaw just hits the floor because even if they didn't know they didn't feel well, they were like, I just didn't even know this was possible. I, I feel better than I ever have before. And so that is a really cool experience. And so I love for people to do that. But I, again, don't think we're all like me. I think some people will take those baby steps. Some people get a little freaked out by letting everything they think they love and they think they need go at one time. And so I think you can go about it both ways. The one is definitely faster and it definitely puts your taste buds back where you want them quickly. But that's not to say it's the only way.
0: How much is the importance of people around you, you know, family members, you have your husband who is so loving, so connected to your health goals. How important is it for people that begin the 30 days to have a community? I mean, either online or in person, can that make or break people?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's everything. That's another reason I wanted to create the community. And another reason I'm so thankful that I have my husband and my family's kind of adopted this whole thing. But yeah, it would be exponentially more difficult if you don't have that community if you don't and it doesn't need to be a community at first I think that's ideal but even if you find one person and you just say hey let's try this out yeah be my little buddy and yes. um, let's just make this happen let's just hold each other accountable let's lift each other up when we're falling down and I think yeah just finding someone else is great having a community awesome but they're both yeah very helpful
0: someone's making a change, I know they're feeling inspired from you because you did not have some spoon-fed, easy, linear path. I mean, you had major health complications that you transcended from, from taking a deeper look inside, Autumn. I mean, you really looked at, hey, what do I need to change? That question, that one question of, what am I willing to change? Am I going to decide to take the knowledge I have and walk the bridge to execution? What can you say to someone that's feeling like they want to walk the bridge, but they're a little scared?
1: I'll just say, go for it. Because this weekend I learned about something. A lot of people, a lot of people have problems like me, have stories like me, where they get to kind of the bottom and this hopelessness sets in. But what happens is when you reach that point, it's kind of like a blessing because for some people, your brain makes these changes and you find another way positive changes occur in your brain. And it's kind of like you live life from a different place and that can be facilitated by the diet. Mm -hmm. But I also think even if you're down at the bottom of the barrel, know this, this moment that you're in right now is exactly where you should be. And it can still be conducive to your highest good, but you got to make those shifts. You got to tune in, you got to think about yourself and what's going to serve you and just put one foot in front of the other. doesn't have to happen overnight, but as long as you're just committed to yourself, I think that amazing things can happen.
0: I really like you. I just like the way your brain works. I like the words that come out of your mouth. I just you're very trustable. And I'm sure that's why Paleo Valley has had so much success. When we look at people who have written into the show around vegetarian diets and vegans, uh, which, by the way, I love them. And for some people that works. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people that listen to the show that have had questions around this about integrating, you know, these organic quality animal products. Do you have guidance for them? to begin choosing these healing animal products, how do they transcend from a thinking of I can't eat any animal products whatsoever to I'm willing to bring in the quality animal products that'll give me healing?
1: Oh, I love this question. And I, I like you wanna say, I love vegans and vegetarians because we have things in common. We both care about the quality of the food. We both care about the planet. And I love that. That's just a conscientious soul right there. And I think that's wonderful. But at the same time, there is research. More and more studies are showing that mental health issues are higher or more prevalent in people who do have the vegetarian or vegan diet. Not necessarily causal at this point, but yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely worth a shot. And I like people to remember, we did a podcast about this. And like I said, very conscientious souls and you want what's good for the environment. But what you need to know is that it's not just a vegetarian diet is not the only way that can be good for the environment. Things like the Allen Savory Institute and doing these well-managed, holistic uh, operations actually create biodiversity in the soil. They put the nutrients back into the soil. If you read uh, Lear Keith's book, and she talks about she was a vegan, really strict, and she wanted to just make a garden. She wanted a zero-death garden, and she couldn't. It turns out that inputs are required, you know, in order for, we're all part of this planet and we give and it's taken away, but that at the end of the day, you can't really have a zero death diet, including the vegan diet. So I just like to throw that out there is that it's not a bad thing to consume animal products and it is actually supportive to your health. And that's kind of the noble thing in and of itself, knowing, okay, mm. well, I might need this. And I'm not saying everyone needs a ton of animal products because I know there's some people who thrive on a vegetarian diet, but just knowing that this doesn't make me a bad person that in some ways that I might actually need this. And so a nice gateway or a bridge is, um, I like to start people with fish. Wild fish seems easier for people to tolerate or Eggs, like pasteurized eggs. Our 100% grass fed beef sticks, I've had vegetarians write in. Because they are fermented, they're a little bit easier on the digestive system. They do contain probiotics. So it's not going to be like a a really harsh introduction. Mm. Or, you know, our organ complex could be great too. It sounds really crazy to eat organs, maybe to some people, but they're like nature's multivitamins. And the fact that they're in (laughs) capsules, yeah, you don't actually have to taste them. So if you want to just, you can use them. And just swallow them in the morning. And that could introduce those, the true form of B12 and other vitamins that you might be needing. And does that help?
0: That's beautiful because I think the trepidation is around, well, how do I know that I won't get sick if I've been eating no meat for 10 years plus And I integrate what I'm hearing from you is if it is grass fed, if it's grass finished, if it's something that they can trust. The body's gonna trust it too.
1: Yeah, and that you don't need to like. Hey, I'm gonna start with a steak. It's like no, you know, just a little bit. Start with the beef stick. Start
0: with the beef stick.
1: Start with, the beef, stick. Start with the beef stick. Start with an egg. Start with an ounce yeah. of fish. You know, just and and I'm not saying okay, this is gonna be everything, but see how I feel. Do I feel mm. that? And fish is just generally just a softer consistency. You could also make something in your crock pot, make it really nice and soft, and have the reentry be really nice and gentle. But yeah. It's totally possible.
0: I'm thinking about Paul Check and his article on the closed organic cycle. In 2011, I did the course at the Cech Institute in Vista here in San Diego. And I remember him saying, if you look at the closed organic cycle, it's actually part of the solution yeah. that certain beings consume other beings. That's how the world was designed. That's how Mother Earth designed this planet. Now, there is a lot of arguments and we're not going to get into that today, but there's a lot of arguments around, well, we're evolved beings yeah. and there's certain parts of ourselves that we don't use anymore. And so we shouldn't be harming any sentient beings. And but here's the thing. When we look at the salmon and the bear, as Joe Rogan has said, the salmon never gets to eat the bear the bear always eats the salmon. So there's certain trustable truths in our world. One of them being, it's okay to breathe into and relax that you are actually part of the solution when you humanely consume animal products. Do you feel the same way?
1: Exactly. That was beautifully articulated. And that's exactly the point I was trying to drive home. So yes, I completely agree. And I didn't always agree, but I've come around to that. So I think, Yeah. yeah. Definitely.
0: There's a process of evolution and we're evolving in our conversation, which I have so enjoyed Autumn. (laughs) I've so enjoyed talking with you today. This is our last round. It's seven questions for seven of your authentic answers. Are you ready?
1: Oh, of course. Yes, I'm ready.
0: You have a big smile, but what makes you laugh the most in your life? What cracks you up?
1: Oh man, My husband making fun of me for sure.
0: Looking back at the younger woman, younger girl, actually, when she was growing up, which was a cause of the anxiety possibly? What was connected to that? What did you not get back then that you needed that many girls at that age need?
1: Oh, being different is awesome. That's what I needed to know.
0: When you were in kind of a darker, deeper place of the moods, when your moods were really affecting you and your energy, what was the contrast when you look back that the universe was giving you as a gift in that moment that you now have come to receive as something you're grateful for?
1: That disempowerment and that evolution to empowerment. That's definitely the contrast I'm most thankful for.
0: When you're traveling, I know you're probably going to say beef sticks, but are there any other foods (laughs) (laughs) that you take with you besides the beef sticks when you're out in the busy world?
1: Oh, yeah. Sprouted almonds. I'm an addict. It's my favorite. Why sprouted? Because it's just easier on your digestive system. Organic sprouted almonds and they increase the nutrient counts and they don't contain all that, you know, phytic acid and other things that can kind of interfere with your digestion and your mineral absorption. Yeah, I always have them on hand.
0: What is one thing for people that are suffering from a mental health issue? What can they do from a health perspective? What's just one step that's going to empower them to feel better in their mind and spirit?
1: Ooh, and I would love to say something about food, but I've said enough. And so I do this little thing in the morning called Grav, G-R-A-V. My eyes pop open and it's just grateful for what am I grateful for name two things uh, relaxation and meditation if you're into meditation great just take a few minutes right after that if you're not just relax and then three an affirmation like what does your little inner child need to hear for me something like you're enough you're worthy you're beautiful and then the last one is just a little visualization just where do you want to be in 10 years who are you with what are you doing who are you impacting just like that simple like activity in the morning just puts me in the right spot
0: Running a successful business is not easy. You probably have moments where you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what is something about you that's allowed you to push through these thresholds of difficulty in your mission, in being on point and on purpose? People can learn a lot from somebody who's driving a mission like you. So what has been the thing, or maybe many things, that has pushed you through those thresholds of discomfort?
1: Oh man, being humble and not taking everything so seriously. And My husband constantly has to remind me, These are beef sticks. These are beef sticks. I mean, we're helping the world, but these are beef sticks. Nothing's more important than your relationships, (laughs) than your health. You know, just laugh. Just laugh more.
0: So cool. So enjoyed this talk. And my last question that I can't wait to hear you answer is wellness. I ask every guest what they believe wellness is. But when we look at what you've been through and how you serve the collective now, how do you define wellness in your life?
1: I love this question. And yeah, again, it all comes back to, knowing myself, taking the time to understand who I am and then respecting that and then accepting that. So it's just all about who am I loving myself, accepting myself and taking the time to really get to know what makes me tick, what I like, what I can't tolerate, who I need to be around, who I don't need to be around. That I think sets the foundation for every other step that you'll take that'll make you feel your very best.
0: Wow. Huge take home for me. What am I willing to not tolerate? Yes. Oh, that is so powerful Where can people learn more about what you're up to And besides our show notes Where can they get a hold of these beef sticks Especially the jalapeno ones <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, you can come over You can message me directly at autumn at paleovalley.com You can also go just to paleovalley.com We have more than beef sticks um, You can just check us out there You can join our email list I do daily emails You can try my Radiate 28 program And we're going to actually give your listeners 20% off wide. So you're just going to go to paleovalley.com dot And then you're going to, once you check out and you find all the products that you like, you're going to use the code WF20.
0: Fantastic. We appreciate the generosity. Now, look, I know I'm pushing the jalapeno ones pretty strong here, <laughs> but you can get the other flavors as well. PaleoValley.com. Autumn, thank you so much for coming on the show. As parting guidance, is there anything you think we missed? When we look at what comes through you about the healing that's needed right now in our world and changing the narrative about mental health and anxiety.
1: Well, you remember no matter how bad or how different or how troubled you feel that there's a way out. You're, You're enough and you and only you can make yourself better.
0: Autumn, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force Community Newsletter on that page, and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force Community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone, and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook Facebook group, and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.